Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. And welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri. Joined not by Duminal Crossing, joined not by Dakota Alaska, but instead joined by my pal and former contributor to uh, to Omega Metroid and the Zelda cast, Mr. Uh, Zach Gio. How are you, my friend? Dude, I'm good. It's really, really awesome to be here. Uh, going from listening to this every week to being a part of it, it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, like we, we were kind of chatting before we started talking. Yeah. It's like melt your skin off hot in in Canada, it, which is which is strange. But uh, no, it's uh it's going pretty good. And before we do anything, uh, Zach, I I feel like I should should give an explanation to our listeners. We pulled the old bait and switch this week. Last week, you know, you were saying before before we were uh, Zach was kind of like you know I. I'm also a little bit nervous, and I was trying to tell him, like, listen, don't don't be nervous at all. Like, you know, this show, there's nothing to be nervous about. And case in point, the one time ever that we promote what we're gonna do the following week, we have this we have this great idea. We have this show planned with Dak and Doom. They're gonna tell us about Metroid Dread, and they're going to tell us about what changes they would have made to the story. The one time that we promote a show. We actually had to postpone it by a week because uh, Doom's desk fell apart. So uh, to everybody that uh, that we told last week that we were going to do this Metroid Dread episode, I am sorry. It's coming, uh, but you, you have to wait one more week. We had some uh, we had some uh, structural snafus over in California where Doom is. So uh, instead, Zach and I are returning 
to the world of Inspired by Metroid. And I'm excited to talk about this game because I've, man, I had a hell of a time trying to find somebody that played Dead Cells to talk about uh, <laughs> this game with. So I'm really happy that you're here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here too. Um, honestly, I hadn't played Dead Cells in probably four or five years. I played it with an old roommate in college. We had a great time. He fired up the Xbox One X and we just went to town on it. And so uh, when he brought it up, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, it's it was free for PlayStation Plus. Nice. And I'm I'm I've been done with Tears of the Kingdom for like a month now, so I've just you know I've played PGA 2K23 and other games. For oh. Me, but like Call of Duty and stuff like that. But I heard Dead Cells and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I'd like to. Re well, I'm I'm happy that you did, uh, because yeah, I I was having a heck of a time finding somebody that seems to have played Dead Cells, which is strange because I feel like it, it was a really popular game, really critically reviewed. So. Inspired by Metroid Returns today, it's all about Dead Cells, but before we get there, Zach, I'm going to put you on the spot, and because because like I said, you were uh, you were part of the ZeldaCast team as well, and uh, there's been uh, a pretty big game that's come out since the last time uh, that, that we really got to talk, and of course I'm talking about Tears of the Kingdom, in, uh, in, in two minutes or less, what, <laughs> what do you think about that game? What's your, what's your thoughts? Very, very hot take, but I give it a solid 5 out of 10. Really? Um, okay. All right, so I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. I really did. It was a wonderful, beautiful take on the, the Zelda franchise and how they expanded and gave us an open world. But one of my biggest complaints was that the story, the way it was presented, was something I didn't like. It felt like nothing was happening in, you know, in real time. In real time, Everything yeah. Everything was a memory. Everything was a memory. Everything was something that had already happened. And basically the entire premise of the game is given to you at the end of the Great Plateau. Tears of the Kingdom kind of does uh, a similar thing with Zelda being sent back in time. And the memories that you find are the events that she is going through in the past. But it feels kind of the same. It feels like they didn't really change it. The story is much better. You have more story in the first five minutes of Tears of the Kingdom than I, I yeah. happened in all of Breath of the Wild. But I was kind of disappointed um, because once you see all of the kind of new stuff, it just feels like you're playing Breath of the Wild again. Um, the shrine quests were kind of repetitive. I didn't like finding the... The, you know, the big green crystal and transporting yeah. it. Yeah, I, I agree but, with you. But I loved the story. I did. I, I wish they had presented it in a better fashion, mm. but I did love what they did with it. The sequence in Hyrule Castle versus Phantom Ganon. Loved that. Very cool. Um, the dungeons were significantly The dungeons were significantly better. Better boss fights, except for the Mukturok, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, and the final sequence is one of the best in the entire series. I loved it, and I hated it at the same time. So I give it a 5 out of 10. Okay, I you know what I think that uh, this is gonna be a a cheap plug right here, but uh, it's been three months since the game came out, and we decided on uh, the Zelda cast last week that we are gonna do a full spoiler, like full spoiler territory podcast about the game story because I I felt like I had a lot of stuff to get off my chest as well. So uh, cheap plug to everybody that has played Tears of the Kingdom, tune into that because that's coming up this week, and I th I think that's gonna be a hot episode. I think it, I think it really will be. Um, but let's get back to the business at hand and let's talk about Dead Cells, which uh, is a game that I also have like a lot of complicated feelings about. But but let's let's start at the uh, let's start at the very beginning. 
Uh, Dead Cells okay. is uh, came out in 2018. It's a roguelike Metroidvania, which, to my understanding, was the kind of the first of its kind. Roguelike had been exploding in popularity for a couple of years before that, but I don't know that it, it ever really tried to you know tried to to take the Metroidvania path. A lot of those have been like dungeon crawlers, stuff like that. Um, yeah. It was developed by uh, by Motion Twin and was released to like man, this game got such good reviews. Like like I can't even picture or like remember how many ten out of ten reviews that this game got, which which piqued my interest in it um, originally because it just seemed like this game was was incredible. Um, so that's actually why I bought it, and I actually bought the the limited run games edition where you you know I waited for a while. I got my physical copy. Um, and I fired it up and, and I want to say I fired it up in like 20, this was probably like 2019. So not, not like right away when it came out, but, but pretty close. And I have to, this, this would be my statement, Zach on, on dead cells. I think that it's a great game. I think it's a really great game, but I don't really like it that much. If that makes sense. It does. Um, it's a very, very interesting time waster. And it's a lot of fun because there is a story, but it feels kind of open-ended. It feels kind of like you piece it together. And mm-hmm. I like games with a very solid, well-knit story. Um, and, I mean, there are things that you have to do in the game in order to even complete the entire story, which me, which is including completing the game on every single difficulty. Right, and right. I, it's, it's fun to play for a while. But it's a roguelike, and so a roguelike basically sends you back to the beginning of the game when you die. You get to keep some permanent things, but everything essentially resets, and so you have to backtrack. Mm-hmm. And backtracking is fun unless you're doing the exact same thing over and over and over. So it's it's fun for a while, and then it loses its luster a little bit. Well, you know, and, and I think like where, where I would have landed on uh, a couple months ago, I would have just said this, like, I... Like you can see the quality in Dead Cells. Like you can tell it's it's really well crafted. It's 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 a really great game. Like it it really is. But what I would have said is that I just I don't think it's my style of game. And, and I'm not like a big fan of roguelikes in general. Like I I've played a I've played a handful of my time. Like I, I tried The Binding of Isaac. I thought it was okay. I tried Moonlighter. I thought it was okay. I, I've you know a couple others. But um, what really changed it for me was, uh, I want to say about the time of the Game Awards uh, this year, uh, they announced Hades 2. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try Hades, because that's another game. It's a roguelike, so I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to like it. Like, it, like clearly, I'm just I'm trying to get into the genre, and it's it's just not for me. And so I was like, but again, I was like, man, this game just won, like, Game of the Year. Like, everybody loves it. It's got, like, multiple 10 out of 10 reviews. And so I played Hades and it took a while for it to click, but eventually it did. And like, I loved it. I loved that game. Like it was so fun. And I sunk like a hundred hours into it and it had exceptional story. It had like, it had exceptional everything, which is funny because you were doing a lot of things. Like I kind of don't really like all that much. Like, yeah, you do the same levels, you do the same enemies, you do the same bosses. Like it, it wasn't even like... Dead Cells offers you kind of a branching path on which areas you can go through. Hades is just like you're going through the same four areas like the entire time. So I I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. And so my my thought after I was done was like I should give Dead Cells another try because maybe maybe that game just kind of unlocked something in me that finally like you know, I it clicked and like made me understand roguelike games and appreciate roguelike games. And I don't think I don't think it quite did it, but I would say 
So playing Dead Cells for the last, because uh, I, I fired it up uh, maybe like three months ago or something like that, and then I, I did a couple other runs in anticipation of this episode uh, last week. And, I, and I, I'm not going to say that I really like Dead Cells or like love it to the same degree as Hades, but I, I do appreciate it more. Um, so that that's kind of my personal journey with Dead Cells and, and my like history with it, I guess. What The first time that you played it, like were, were you a fan of, of roguelikes? Were you a fan of that kind of style of, of gameplay? And, and what did you think of Dead Cells specifically? that Dead Cells was cool. The reason that I enjoyed playing Dead Cells more than anything was it was, you know, it was a bonding experience for me and my roommate. You know, he and I were both music majors in college. We both got our degrees and um, it was just a really fun time to just get together and just goof off, have some drinks and play through the game. Um, I was never really a big fan of roguelikes. Dead Cells was the first one I had gotten into. Uh, In more recent years, I've played stuff like Risk of Rain 2, uh, and I think Returnal for the PlayStation. Mm, yeah. I played a little bit of that, but those are the only three that I've really messed with. And Risk of Rain was fun because it was a multiplayer experience where you just kind of built up. Oh, kitty cat. Yeah, Hello. we got Zora the Cat cameo. Hi. Hello, Zora. Hello. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as Dead Cells was concerned, I kind of sat down. He came home from work. I sat down, was watching him play a little bit. I had no clue what was going on. And I just kind of jumped in because I thought it was really cool. And from there on, we went to, I sat down, I think it was, what's the name of the, the bridge guardian? What, what's his name? Oh, the, uh, the concierge. The, the concierge, yeah. We, he, the, the fight with the concierge is kind of what interested me more than anything. And mm-hmm. then I started kind of trading off with him on deaths. And he kind of explained to me what was happening. And I think we made it all the way to uh, uh, the tailors. No, 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 no. What is it? Let's see. Mama Tick in one night. Okay. So it was it was it was a fun time. Um well I would say like I, I would say that like I think while I appreciate it, I had some thoughts on I guess like I had some thoughts on like the roguelike and how it mixed with uh with a Metroidvania. And and I don't think it's always a perfect cocktail for for what I personally enjoy in a metroidvania but i think it does it about as well as uh, a roguelike game like possibly could like one thing that uh like like i mentioned earlier but i i think that one thing that really turns me off with with your average roguelike game is like when you die you do the same thing over and over and over again and dead cells has that to an extent like it, it definitely does like i think the first two areas are pretty much always the same, or like at least the first area is always the same, and you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of the first three areas, like like over and over and over again. Um, however, I think that on the flip side of that, like at least you can kind of go in and and be like, okay, you know what, I I don't want to I don't want to go to the sewers this time. I'm gonna go to this other place. And as you get further and further into the game, it, it does start to like branch a lot more, so you can like have those different areas, and the areas start to get more like distinct as you as you get further as well i think it's just like the the typical roguelike problem of like or at least let me rephrase that my typical roguelike problem of like dying again dying again you you know you're dying like a million times in a row because i'm not very good at this game um and so it's just like I'm, i'm just pretty tired of like the first couple levels and then by the time that you get to those later levels which are bigger and more fun it's just like forget about it you're gonna get like killed right away uh, which was the case for me. So um, I, I think that um, 
I think that like while while I appreciate that that you do have like the different paths and the different like branches that you can take. I, I almost wish that it was even more so like especially like front loaded like that like it, it could have it would have been I think it would have been for my personal taste work a little bit better if you could like have one of like three starting areas or something to, to choose from at the very beginning. Um, I have another thought about the Metroidvania experience as it relates to roguelikes but like I, I don't know how did, how did you think that those two like things mesh together oil and water or was it peanut butter and jelly? I think it was more... It, there were some things that kind of mixed really well. I really like the platforming aspect of yes. Dead Cells. I like... I, I love... The, I love the movement. I love the abilities. And I really... I really like the... I guess the overall just platforming was my favorite thing in Dead Cells. I mm. love jumping between levels, fighting enemies. You can roll past them and you encounter... I guess my my way of looking at it is just encountering slightly harder and harder enemies until you reach a specific goal mm -hmm. um and like as far as just metroidvanias i think that's also things just metroid fans in general would like so yeah just looking at the abilities and the weapons that you get in the game i'm a personal fan of the weapons that make enemies bleed because you just kind of watch them slowly die. oh i like the fire <laughs> i love oh, yeah. it throwing um, fire yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, go ahead. No, you're good, man. You're good. I, I hit the tail end of what I was saying. So I have I have two other like, um, I, I guess critiques, but like I again like I don't want to sound like I'm I'm beating up on this game because because I I do think it's it's fantastic and I would recommend it to a Metroid fan. But there's two things that um that I I wasn't super super crazy of. Oh, you know what? I should have mentioned at the, at the very start of the show. I apologize. I should have mentioned at the start of the show. This is strictly the base dead cells game so it is not returned to castlevania um it's not any of the dlc which leads me to the point i was about to make which was i feel like uh you know i was i was just kind of groaning about how the, you know there's not enough branching paths for me but one thing that uh that i think that this game does that that kind of like bites a little bit is is when you go to the map, you you see all these doorways to areas and you're like okay i've never been here i'm gonna try it and then it's just like Oh yeah, this is a DLC area, and it's like, ah, oh, come on, like, like, and it takes you right to the homepage. You could buy the DLC, so it's it's a, it's a little thing, but I'm just like, man, why is this on the map if I can't access it for like as part of the base game? So I didn't, I didn't absolutely love that, and I would say too that like, I feel like for for my for my enjoyment of um, of Metroidvanias, I I feel like. Um, I feel like part of the the reward for me, like the rewarding experience is like kind of the, the whole overarching map is like one big puzzle and you're, you're kind of gaining knowledge about that puzzle as you go on and you can chip away little by little until such point where you're just like this unstoppable being and, and you, you feel smart for kind of remembering all these little um, areas and all these little, you know, secrets that, that you unlock on a, on a Metroidvania map. And um, I guess, and like I said, like I, I think that I think that Metroidvania and, and roguelike mesh about as well as they're ever going to in this game. But I, I guess my my critique would be like, I think like that being said, you you don't get that rewarding experience, or at least I didn't feel that rewarding experience because like, um, I mean, basically it's a it's a very linear experience where like you you go to the start of the level and you you kind of just go to the end and then you move on. There's not really any of that like lock and key system there's not really any of that um 
like reward for for unlocking a little bit more of the map. It, it, I mean, to a certain extent in the later parts there is, but I, I feel like that was missing a little bit for me in my playthrough as yeah. well. Yeah, you're kind of left with just like the permanent upgrades that you get from just these these longer runs where you defeat a boss and you may be able to collect something, you know, like the ability to slam on the ground and mm -hmm. you know, create fire as you hit it. Or, you know, you... Uh, my biggest gripe is that when you increase your health, your hit points or, you know, your brutality or your vitality, all of that stuff is reset and it feels like it's a waste. And yeah, yeah. It kind of helps a little bit that you can kind of go through the levels at a certain pace. Like, you can get to right. a certain door at the start of a new biome in, like, 60 seconds. And you go in, and it's this room full of treasure that'll really help you advance further. But if you die, you just lose all of that again. And that will that always leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And it's like, when I see body desecrated, it just makes me want to cry. A little bit, so, yeah. A little a bit. A little bit, it hurts. Now, now I, can, I think everybody listening to this is probably just like, okay... You don't like roguelikes. What are you doing playing Dead Cells? Which I would say is fair, right? Like, because I think a lot of these critiques that that we have are like very standard roguelike stuff. Um, so, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say like again. I think Dead Cells is absolutely fantastic in in its if for what it is. But if I just like, I was hoping that this game could could further push me to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm a roguelike fan, and and I don't think that it quite did um unfortunately but that being said like i i still did have uh have fun with the game and and i think that um i think that you're if, if you're a metroid fan there's like a lot of uh like really cool stuff that that you can uh get into in this game i would even say like this probably sounds pretty obvious considering the return to castlevania dlc but like uh if you're a castlevania fan like i think that this is more vania than metroid uh if, if that makes sense like if you're a Castlevania fan, there's there's a lot to like. I think uh, very very cool boss fights, very cool aesthetics. Like all the levels, I feel, and we'll talk about the levels uh, in greater detail in a little bit. But I think all the levels are like visually very distinct. Uh, they they're they're like cool to go through. Um, I really like 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 there's a lot of stuff about this game that I I do really like. Um, but I would say that. The kind of the vibes I think are more veiny than Metroid, but I think if you're a Metroid fan, still you're you're gonna have a good time because like the gameplay, as you mentioned, is like man, it it is it is fluid. It is it feels really good. Like when you get going, this game feels awesome. Yeah, it doesn't really stop. You're constantly met with slightly harder and harder and harder enemies until at some point you're just overwhelmed, and so it's this constant. Uh, engagement, this constant threat of death, that it, it kind of gets your blood pumping a little bit. Plus, you're looking forward to like getting more and more advanced weapons and items, and uh, you know, <laughs> I think the what is the first items that you're offered at the very beginning? It's like a bow and a shield. Right? Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> but but then you go like a little bit further on down the line, and you get things like blood swords, and you get like these multi-shot bows, and you get bombs and grenades and Fire, oh. you, can, you know, you know what the best weapon for. is? The best Tell weapon me. is that you get uh, the Belmont Whip. That thing rocks because it's like a long range attack, but it's also close range and it does a hell of a lot of damage to people. It is awesome. I love that weapon. That's my go to. 
the Belmont Wimp is awesome. I really like the the Blood Sword. I love the yeah. you know it causes you know bleeding for about I think it's like twelve seconds. I love Twin Daggers because you after that third consecutive strike you get like that critical hit. Um, the shovel always makes me laugh. It never ceases to make me laugh. And the Swift Sword. <laughs> I got I love the Swift. I got a bone yesterday. I've never had a bone, but I got this big bone, <laughs> and I was like it's like a big dog bone, and I was like doing like a bunch of like jujitsu moves i was spinning it around and stuff like that and like it 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 was awesome like um the weapon variety in this game is incredible actually i I wanted to talk about the gameplay but let's just talk about the weapons since we're already talking about it oh yeah dude Um, oh yeah so like i I really like the way that this game kind of like gives you different options like you you have a weapon you have a sub weapon and then you have like two i don't even know what you call i guess two more sub weapons but they're like they're like kind of traps yeah they're like they're not weapons necessarily. They're more so like a grenade or like something like that that you can launch and it'll it'll buff and, and take a while to recharge. So like mm-hmm. there's there's a ton, there is a ton of, of options and customability that you can uh, go through. So like in in that regard, like this is an example of what I mean when I say like this is a great game because like you can customize your playthrough to basically however you want it to be. And like yes, there is a, an element of, of randomness to it, but I feel like the game is is really quite good at like constantly being like okay you don't like the weapon that you have here's like another different kind of weapon that's an equivalent and you can search those out on the map as well and like there's little shops that you can go to but like i feel like um i feel like getting weapons is is easy and i feel like upgrading them and getting more powerful weapons is actually like you know easy enough as well where it doesn't feel like you're you're constantly underpowered i mean it kind of and i guess in a way it does to me cuz like i'm not very good at the game but um, I think like I think the game is fair with with its weaponry. I also I also really like the fact that the more enemies you kill, bosses, areas you explore, you collect more cells, mm, and yeah. you can actually like upgrade what you've got overall using those cells. Like sixty cells, you can upgrade your flask. Like you can make it to where you can hit the flask twice, or it restores more HP. Or you start the game with a bigger sack of money to mm. kind of help you out. So those little buffs make it fun to kind of jump back in and go back through. But the I mean, I couldn't have said it better. The weapon system is crazy. There's always something like there's a meat skewer that you can. Oh my god! <laughs> it's it's great. There's there's so much stuff that you can do, and it really feels like there's no end to it. So if you're getting tired of the repetitive nature of like the maps, or you keep getting your your ass handed to you, you know, there's always another weapon that you can look forward to. I mean, like you got flashing fans, or pan. Or, mm. There's I think there's like a little there's cleavers, there's spears, there's uh, yeah. If you there's think of it, it's probably there. Pistol. Yeah, there's a machete and pistol combo that is good. There's even a wrecking ball you can do. There, you know what I, you know what I saw yesterday in my playthrough was a nail, and it looked it looked pretty close to the nail in Hollow Knight, which uh, I believe I believe that Hollow Knight. So one cool thing that uh, Dead Cells did, it, it had like a, a DLC pack where it was like everybody's here, and it's got like it's got like a dozen like really you know famous indie characters, and I, and I think Hollow Knight is part of that. But it's got like it's got like Hyperlight Drifter, it's got Shovel Knight, it's got it's got like a ton of different people in there, like the Guacamelee guys for all you inspired by Metroid uh, lore heads out there. But it's it's very cool. Like there is there is a, a pack that you can unlock, and you can unlock the costumes. By the way, the costumes in this game, there's like a gajillion costumes that you can pick from. So like yep. the the point is is that like man, there there is so much like there's so many options for however you want to play this game. Like like you were kind of saying like. You can you can blitz through the level and go as fast as you can, and you don't get very many cells 
from destroying enemies that way. But once you once you clear the level, you do get the room that rewards you for like, hey, you you got here in less than sixty seconds. Here you go. Here's a bunch of rewards. Or you can take your time, kind of systematically go through, crush all of the, you know, crush everybody that you see, get those cells. Like it's it's very. It's very well done. It's very well thought out, and of course, there are like a, a ton of upgrades that you can that you can spend your cells on. Permanent upgrades as well that will unlock different weapons. That will give you more health. That will give you more like just like different things. That will give you cosmetic costumes. Uh, so like that system, I feel like is like very very well done. And like um, again, like I I I, I keep I'm gonna probably keep on coming back to this, but like I just like. I think it's like a really great game and like it's a great system and it's a it's implemented really greatly and I'm I'm wishing I liked it more than I did because I can see like mm-hmm. how how like fantastic the the game like the game's mechanics are towards people that really like roguelikes. Um, so I think it does a really good job. I I'm in complete agreement with you there and the thing is I'm right there with you. The amount of customization I, it makes me wish I loved it more, but the fact that you just the fact that you die and you lose most of it and you come back, it just kind of, it kind of kills it for me. Right. Which, you know, I, I will beat this game again. I will. It's going to happen. It might take a couple months. I might die before it happens, but you know what? Well, I, I would say this one, one thing that I think could make the weapons like much, not much better because I think the weapons are like really fun, but like, I do kind of wish that, um, I do kind of wish that you you had maybe a little bit more influence on like which weapon you wanted to pick at the start of your run. Like in Hades, for example, you can be like, okay, this run I'm t- I'm taking the bow, or like this run I'm taking the spear, or this run I'm taking the shield. Where where this run you you really are at the mercy of like whatever they happen to give you. And that being said, I do wish that um, I wish that like there there was a way that like the game specifically, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I take this back actually. What I was going to say is I wish that like your sub weapon was like like always either like a bow or a shield or anything like that. But you know what? The, I actually now that I'm saying it, the game does do a good enough job of like kind of giving you those long range weapons and starting you off with like a, a melee weapon and a long range weapon. And it's up to you if you want to keep that or not, but sometimes I I feel like I end up having like like two swords and I'm like, yeah, the second sword isn't like doing a whole lot for me. Um but now that I say that, that's probably just a me problem. So, go figure. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that like it does a really, really great job with all of its like, like accessories and all of its upgrades and stuff like that. Um, and one thing that I want to to shout out with this game as well, because you just brought it up, and I think it's very important. So I I was getting creamed, like like dude, I, I was going through, and I was like, I was so happy. I made it to the concierge. And this guy just handed me my lunch. He he like, you know, he was like, try again. And uh, and and like, I kept on getting back there and getting back there. And like, I just wasn't good enough to to beat this guy. Eventually, I did. And then I got to like the next set of levels, and I was like, oh my god. And um, the one thing that this game does that's really I appreciate. There is a ton of accessibility options if you're a lousy player like me. Uh, so so actually. I, I turned on basically every handicap last night because I was like, you know what? I've, I just want to beat this game. I'd gotten good enough to the point where I got to the final battle against the Hand of the King, and I and I couldn't beat him. I never could beat him. So last night I was like, enough. I, I'm turning on. There's, a, there's an option that will show you the entire map. 
So like when you when you start the area um, in classic Metroidvania fashion, you're you're exploring and you're you're unlocking a little bit more of the map as, as you go. And when I say you're unlocking the map, I'm really unlock you, you're unlocking the ability to see the map because it's all it's all like you can go anywhere you want right away. But um, you don't know if if you're going up, if you're going into a dead end, or if you're going to a key, or you're going to a shop, or if you're going to the end of the level. So I turn on my ability to show me the entire map. That helped. I turned on my, uh, I turned on infinity deaths. So like every time I died, I was like, you know what? I have no shame. I don't care. If I die, I'm going to a checkpoint. And uh, and so that I felt like made it a lot more enjoyable for me. I turned down enemy damage to like 20%. And I turned <laughs> I turned up my damage to like maximum uh, damage. So this is all to say I was just like, I was like a, a god running through this, right? Like I was, I was just slaughtering people everywhere. But I was like, you know what? This is fun to me. Like I, I'm finally, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. I feel like I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more accomplished, and I appreciate that because uh, this is this probably isn't a fair comparison to make at all. But like, in addition to not being very good at roguelike games, I've tried to get into like Souls games, and I, I also it's probably no surprise to anybody listening, but I suck at those games as well. So like. If I was playing Bloodborne, for example, I wish that there was, like, accessibility options like that, where it's, like, I just want to, like, not be able to die. I just want to, like, just enjoy the game, enjoy the story. So this game, for if nothing else, if nothing else, is just like, okay, you suck, here you go. Here's a bunch of accessibility options. Have a great time. And you can just, you know, if you die, then, like, the, you know, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, and I, I did enjoy that a lot. Dude, I... Going to the Souls like discussion, like I tried to play Elden Ring for like ten minutes and I oh. just kept getting brutalized, man. <laughs> I, I, play- I I want to love that game, but I hate it. I, I agree. Hate it. I can't do it, man. I wanted to but- love that game so much, so much. I played thirty hours of that game, and I but I feel like I barely did anything in that game. We did a we did an episode on this on the Zelda cast, and a bunch of people were like. Andy, how are you sitting here telling me that uh, Elden Ring is no good if you if you didn't play very much of it? And I was like, you know what, that's fair. But also, I feel like I played thirty hours and I just kept on dying and dying. Like that's got to count for something. So, I yeah, that all that all that is to say, thank God for accessibility options. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I I I don't want to turn them on quite yet. I want to see how far into it I get. But I've, while you were talking about that, I was just thinking about how good the boss fights are in this game. Oh, I, I hold on. I want to talk about those in just a quick second. Oh, but baby, oh, they, yeah, yeah they're they're fun. <laughs> they are fun, but they are hard and they make you hate life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I will say. So I got through. Like I said, I got through all of the the bosses up until the hand of the king. Um, on like on like regular difficulty, it's feeling good, but the hand of the king, man, that is that is another level. So it, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But oh boy, that's uh, that's oh, yeah. tough. It's rough. It's a rough one. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, well, oh, we'll talk about that later. I'm getting ahead. Uh, well, I so what, so one thing I want to talk about is is the actual game itself too. Um, I think the yeah. game looks fantastic. Like I said, it, the, all the all the levels look great. Visually, looks great. Um, I do, I did have some stuttering when I was playing. I don't know if you've encountered that as well, which, which normally isn't like a big deal to me, but I do feel like in, in like a game where like you kind of got to be like fairly on it and precise with your hitting and and your timing and your rolls and stuff like that. I do, I I was kind of just like, ah, damn, like the the game is like, uh, like hiccuping again and lagging again. Like I, I would like to, you know, (laughs) I like don't don't do this to me right now because I got like sixteen enemies around me, you know. 
I don't know if that's yeah. if you ever experienced that or not. And I was playing um, handheld for whatever that's worth. So uh, I, I did notice that. Playing on the Switch? You playing on the Switch? Yeah, yeah, on the Switch. Oh, nice. I, <laughs> I haven't experienced any hitching yet. Um, PS5 has been pretty good to me. Hmm. Uh, but I agree. This game looks fantastic. It adds a touch of nostalgia with like that older style platform. Yeah. But it, it brings uh, like a world-class design to it because it's rare that you see like a small indie game with a touch of this much detail and mm-hmm. precision with the way the world looks like my first thought is like maybe Ori and the Blind Forest or Ori and the Wheel of the Wisps and with just the detail of the background and like the sort of cutscenes that are kind of in there I, I think it looks beautiful I'm not booting it up I was really excited to get going yeah you know you're just kind of like this headless thing ready to go into but go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> uh, no, no, no you're, you're good i you know i would say I, I don't think i got the ori vibes but i got like the really like it's got, it's got that classic like like pixel look to it that i i think like a lot of modern games have really embraced like blasphemous or like shovel knight or like uh like celeste like a lot of those games are just like absolutely incredible mm-hmm. i would throw this game like right in there and the design of the main character is awesome he looks like ghost rider this guy is it's like he so knows. cool yes um and you know okay. actually what one thing too one thing about the uh, the game lagging is I I will say this is like I feel like when when I was playing yesterday like the the rewarding part of Dead Cells is like I felt like I was going so fast like I was just like I was on fire like literally I was on fire I was I had a, a thing that you know made my guy leave fire when he walked so I was like I was going like lightning speed I was crushing everything in my path I had all my handicaps turned on like I was I was moving really fast so like that being said, like there were the the occasional moments of like slowdown, but man, it was like, man, it was satisfying just like going through and, and blitzing through all these different enemies and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I said that about Hades and I'll say that about this game too. It's like, it is, it is a different kind of satisfaction where you're just like crunching through all these enemies and destroying them and their bones are just flying everywhere. It, it feels good. It feels good. It does. The way that you can kind of just you 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 feel yourself getting more powerful and you can kind of see that in the wake that you leave behind you. Mm-hmm. Just all these desecrated in I guess infected, I guess like you call them with whatever the I don't know. We'll get to that. Yeah. It's, it's it's all just members of the realm, right? Just people and creatures that have just been infected by this. Uh yeah, you know what? Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the game story. Because I don't know what the heck is going on in this game actually oh um, it's like it's like this island that has been infected with this like malaise outbreak that i guess it's kind of funny because it makes me think of tears of the kingdom because one of the things that they refer to it as in the game is the gloom <laughs> yeah it's, yeah go figure it's, it's, it's funny to me but it's it's kind of like i have i have right here it's uh like symptoms that were onsetting onto people like itchiness belly aches like headaches blurred vision and death and then all of the people and creatures that were infested kind of mutated and came back to life and started attacking mm-hmm. people, which is these creatures that you're, you know, facing. But that's pretty much what I get from it. And I guess you have to go after this king that is kind of ruling over all of this and doing nothing to change it. Right. So so I guess that therein is is kind of my... I, I would say, aside from... from I don't. I wouldn't say that I like necessarily click with roguelikes as, as we've covered and, and as, as we've discussed, but I would say the story is probably my biggest 
issue or roadblock to me in really enjoying this game. Um, because, like, I, I'm going to use Hades again as an example. Um, I thought that the story of Hades was, like, phenomenal. Have you ever played Hades? I have not. Okay, so, I've again. three roadblocks in my life. So, so again, like, I, I don't I don't really care for roguelikes, but man, this game I thought was so awesome. And a big part of the reason that it was so awesome is because, like, so there's about, like, I don't know, 20 characters in the game, and, like, and like there's there, there's a little house that you go explore or whatever. You're, you live there, and then you go and do your run, and when you die, you come back to your house, and you can talk to all these characters, and you just get, like, little snippets of these characters each time. But it's just enough that, like, you want to build up your relationship with them more, or you want to get their abilities, or you want them to help you in battle, or, like, there's always, like, something where you can come back and you can talk to the characters and, and, and advance the story. Like, the story is incredible in that game. And there's so many of these, like, just, like, really, really well-designed, well, well-voice-acted characters that, for me, was, like, my biggest motivation to, like, okay, I want to do another run because I, I want to max out my relationship with, like, Aphrodite or, like, uh, Hermes or something like that. Um, where in Dead Cells, unfortunately... I don't really know what's going on with the story. Like, like I, I, I kind of read what what you read, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't get that from, like, my, like, you know, admittedly only 15 hours of, of gameplay, but I was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really pick up on that if the game was trying to tell me that. And there's not really, like, a bunch of characters to speak of. You, you've got, like, the few guys that you meet, um, you know, here and there in the game, but they're, yeah, I mean... I don't. I don't think that they have a whole lot to them. Like they. They certainly weren't just like. Oh yeah, I want to come back and talk to, the the lady at the bank. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, they're not really anything to gawk at. You know, it's not really important. And to be honest, what I told you about the story, I read. Like, I don't. I. This no, I. I know I, because I read the same thing yesterday. I, I was like, I, I was reading it. And I was like, oh. I guess I guess the king is a bad guy. I had no idea. I did know that I, I, your, your main goal is trying to escape this castle, and you and you keep on mm-hmm. uh, coming back. But like beyond that, like oh yeah. I mean, my favorite guy right now is the one that uh, gives you your uh, gosh, what's the word? The mods that you get at the beginning, like oh yeah, I've, I, yeah, abilities, mods, uh, abilities, like, whatever they are, like, yeah, start, like. A combo, or yeah. like if you take a hit during a combo, you take like thirty percent less damage. Yeah, and it's... like even that guy, like I don't even know what his name is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like who are you? Like I, I guess like my problem is, is, what's his Gillian. name? Gillian. Gillian. Okay. Gillian. It's all right. So it's like my name, but instead of OT, it's A I N. So Gian or Gia oh. or something like that. Okay. Well, uh, Mister. <laughs> God, I forgot his name already. Uh, which, which I feel like tells you everything you need to know, kind of about this the story. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like there's just not a whole lot there to, I don't know, to uh, incentivize me to just be like, okay, one more run. Like, okay, one more, one more run through this castle. I gotta, uh, you know, I I gotta figure out what the story is, or I gotta do it for this character, or something like that. Yeah. I get that. That would probably be my my biggest critique of of the game, to be honest, because I I feel like, again, for me, if you're going to ask me to do a bunch of stuff, like, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, 
there's got to be a good reason for it. You know what I mean? And I and I don't yeah. know that the game necessarily provides me with the story reason to to keep doing that. Now, I will say, yeah. and I said this about Tears of the Kingdom too, to, to bring it back to at the start of the show. But I will say that if you're just like, if you're a fan of just like gameplay, which sounds dumb because like we're, you know, we're all gamers. We probably all like gameplay, but let's not pretend that story isn't a big important part. But if you are the type of fan that like, you know, you don't really care about story that much. It's not that big of a deal. If you strictly like gameplay or grinding or whatever, like throw everything that we just said out the window. But if yeah. you're kind of like me and, and and you maybe need a little, you know, a little something uh, to, to push you along and, and help get you going, uh, in terms of story, I, I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna stick out. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Well, when we play Zelda, we play it specifically for like story. And yeah, gameplay elements are fun. Tears of the Kingdom is fun to play. But if there's not an active adventure or like something going on, I right. lose interest very quickly. Like. Well, we're not talking about Tears of the Kingdom, but I can always go back to that for references and what. Well, let's let's put that on the table. But uh, but I'll I'll say this because you you've got this beautiful Mario hat on. Um, I like it, you kind of adjust your your expectations a little bit too, right? Like when I play Super Mario, anything I'm playing for gameplay. I'm not really playing for story. Um, although there are some some fun Mario games with fun stories. But if I am, I don't know. I I guess if I'm playing like a game, like a roguelike game, um. I, I guess, like like I said, like I, I do want some kind of valid story reason to to entice me to do one more run, and I feel like Hades really knocked that out of the park, and I feel like Dead Cells just it just quite didn't get there for me, uh, unfortunately, which is which is a shame because like as I was saying, like everything about this game is like top notch except for the story, which maybe you don't need story and and that's okay, um, but for me it it was. It was a hole. And you know, I, I think I would also say, I thought the music was fine. I don't know that I was blown away by it, but it wasn't bad. But it was like, uh, it was like Metroid Dread level of music. Yeah, it's kind of okay, but not memorable. The tracks are kind of decent to listen to while you're doing a run through. Yeah. I will say, the boss music is, is pretty awesome. Like, I really like the track that's playing during the concert. Yeah, yeah, fight. yeah, you're right. I really like the track that's playing during the fight against the Mama Tick. Um, I think I got one point. Uh, the Timekeeper. Okay, so it's... All right. So she... We'll talk bosses, I'm sure, here in a moment. But that's a really fun boss because she can kind of manipulate time while you're fighting her. But mm. the track is great. I love it. It's It's good stuff. But all in all, the overworld music, it's its not really fun. And I feel like the tracks don't differ from area to area. Yeah, I feel like... Um, I feel like... Let's, let's talk about these bosses now, because I, I, I want to talk about oh, yeah. them. I, I feel like with some of the bosses, like I feel like I still haven't like got a chance to fight a lot of them, unfortunately. like I'm kind of looking at the, the list of bosses here and like... Um, I fought the concierge like a, I don't know how many times, a ton of times. I fought the timekeeper a bunch of times. I fought um, conjunctivitis. Uh, I, I fought this boss mostly in like the boss rush mode that's available, and I've really only fought Mama Tick like a, a couple different times. But that being said, I think all of these fights are like really fun in their own way. Um, 
Concierge is like a big kind of brawl. I thought that that fight was great, and and the Timekeeper I think is even better. It's like those are those are I feel like kind of similar style fights where like it's, it's yeah. kind of melee close quarters combat. You're you know you got to be really good with your with your rolling and with your slashing stuff like that. Um, Stick and move. Stick and move. Yeah, I I think that uh, I think that my favorite though might be the conjunctivita. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like something about something about this boss just charms me with like the the big tentacles that are flailing about and always smacking you and like it's it almost looks like it has a little bow on its head, but I think it's supposed to be like a membrane or something like that. It it's yeah. charming to me. Um, you know, I haven't. That's, uh, that's the boss that's in the insufferable crypt, right? Yeah, I've never. I'm looking at this boss called the Giant, and I've never fought. Oh, you know why I've never fought him? Because it requires DLC. Rise of the Giant DLC. That's why. Yep. DLC. There's um, a ton of bosses that require DLC. The Scarecrow. Um, but man, this boss, the Hand of the King. Holy smokes! This guy is a maniac. He he is a maniac. Uh, but and he looks super cool, by the way. He looks like he's got this like big like Darth Maul dual blade thing going on. He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. There's this... a reason why he's the final boss. And they when they do when a game does the final I've never personally fought the Hand of the King. I watched my roommate do it. But I watched him do it for three days. So oh. so like it's it it it's a tough one. And honestly, when a final boss is hard and difficult to beat then it's done you justice as a gamer. If you struggle to beat a final boss, it you've been you've been blessed, and that's what this does. You it's know what? Yes, yeah, yes, and no. Because I I feel like uh, a lot of the difficulty for me of, for this boss came from the fact that he summoned a bunch of minions to come at you, and they're like these. So there's these elite enemies that uh, that you yeah. can encounter on the map, and they typically what happens is you you defeat them and you get a ton of cells for them, like like ten times the amount of cells you would regularly get. And he suffer or he summons uh, at three different points in the fight. He's he summons a bunch of enemies, and then the first time he summons them, there's one elite enemy, then two, and then I think three at the end. And it's like, oh my god! If I if I didn't have all my handicaps on, there is zero chance I would have beat this guy. But somehow, some way, I made it. I was it was a satisfying fight, but I do feel like. I, I could do without the uh, the minions that he conjures up because I I feel like that's uh, that could be like kind of disheartening sometimes it feels a little bit cheap. I mean, you gotta be frustrated at some point, right? It's gotta yeah. be frustrating to a degree. Yeah, and you know like, what? I, I, Hades does the exact same thing. I've been talking about Hades for for how great it is, but when you fight Hades at the end of that game, that guy does literally the exact same thing. So I should I shouldn't uh, call it out uh, for one and not the other. Where where is Hades? Is it on Steam? Because I'll check it out. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. It's I think yeah, I think it's. Uh, I literally think it's on every platform. So I I couldn't recommend it enough. Actually, I know this isn't the Hades episode, but it's it's really great. Uh, I I liked it a lot. Um, well, what's the Hades? I'll check it out. Yeah. So so yeah, like uh, I thought that that boss fight was really cool. Um, there's another boss fight called the Queen, which I've yet to fight because it's uh, also part of DLC. So I mean, like. There's not like a ton of bosses in this game, but the the ones that are there are are quite fun and challenging as well. So um, yeah, I, I thought that they all did a pretty good job. You know, enemy variety in general, I think, is like really great. Actually, that's another plus that this game has is like a, just a a wide litany of, of different enemies for you to uh, for you to fight. Uh, particularly again, as you kind of get towards the latter parts 
and the latter stages there's all these like big bruisers and stuff like that and uh it, it, the 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 enemy diversity is is off the charts it it is equal on par or better than like some of the best metroid or castlevania games i would say yeah i can agree with that 100 percent behind you um there's so, these okay. there's these really like tall wizard looking dudes who i can't remember their names so that they were they were a favorite of mine and they could shoot through walls and they were uh they were annoying little guys but they looked really cool um and and special shout out as well to like the the time bomb thing you know those little they look like little green potions they fly towards you and then they explode those are annoying those are the most annoying things but i respected them because they were so annoying oh gosh i i know exactly what you're talking about i have the list of enemies here i'm gonna look for because they suck they they do yeah they're they're horrible um i'll find it at some point all right let's uh Let's talk about some of these levels. I feel like we, we talked a lot about the different uh, about the different uh, aspects of this game. One thing that we haven't really touched on yet is, uh, like I said, all of the the different levels. And there is, man, there's a ton of them. That uh, and again, yeah. uh, I'm looking at the list here, and it's got some uh, it's got some DLC included here. So if we're if we're talking about some levels that uh, aren't actually you know in the game, then uh, so sorry. But um, so you start off every single time. At the uh, the promenade of the I'm sorry, not the promenade, the prisoners' quarters. And this is like you're you're in prison, you're breaking out. It looks looks like uh, every Castlevania game you've ever played, um, which isn't a bad thing. So you know, again, I would have liked to be able to maybe start off at at a few different levels, but uh, that's okay. Um, promenade of the condemned, I think, looks pretty cool. Looks uh, visually, looks very oh, cool. I love promenade of the condemned. I like it's very very kind of ghoulish with you know you've got the bodies hanging in the background yeah deep forest with the broken cages and i love i love the old timey like it's not it's kind of like you've just broken out of prison and you're like on the outskirts mm-hmm. and you're like surrounded by people who tried to escape but were caught that's that's that was my thought um process. yeah i i like i like that uh place a lot but i have to say I like the toxic the toxic sewers, excuse me, a little bit better, just because there's like a bunch of acid everywhere. It adds a little bit more personality to the stage. It kind of makes it a, a, have a unique identifier to it. So uh, I'm I'm a sucker for a sewer stage. I think a, a sewer stage is my favorite and blasphemous as well. Um, so that that I thought was a was a pretty cool stage. Um, let's see what else do we got here. We got the ramparts, which is kind of cool, but but a little bit too straightforward. But so essentially the ramparts is like you're running on top of a bunch of castles and you're like you're outside and you've kind of got this like cool sunset going on in the background. I, I think that it looks uh, like pretty sweet actually. Um, it looks wonderful, but it's not difficult to reverse at all. No, not at all. And like a lot of it particularly is optional. Cause like you can go down the tunnels and like down the towers and stuff like that. And like, there's really only one that you need to go through, but uh but you know you you can you can do them all if you want, but you can you can just blitz through this as as quick as you can. Also, if you want to, um, ancient sewers. I think this one is is like kind of okay. I feel like it's just basically toxic sewers, but like with lava instead of acid. It's toxic sewers, but older. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, this one's okay. Ossuary. This one's cool. This is a cool yeah. stage. I, I don't think it has like any gimmick in particular. Like I think it's just like a. A visually cool looking stage like it's got this like blood red like moon in the back or not moon but like this background to it that looks it looks it's just like a cool looking stage it's uh 
it's probably one of the most visually distinct i feel like yeah it's um, very it's got a menacing vibe to it you're you're kinda yeah uneasy the entire time you're going through it it's like let me get through this let me get through this but you're also kind of in awe of how the background looks which um, i very much appreciate yeah i i think that it's it's pretty cool so black bridge this is where you fight the concierge um and I, th- I thought that this stage was kind of cool. It's called Stilt Village. And this is where you kind of see like a little bit more of like personality, I think, to to the uh, stages rather than just like get from the beginning to the end. Because like this one kind of makes you go and fetch like a couple village keys in order to unlock some of the like some of the, the, the exits for the level. So, I mean, it's not much, but it was like at least a little bit of something extra that you had to do in order to get there looks kind of cool too i think yeah slumbering sanctuary you know what i feel like i don't remember a whole lot about this one to be honest with you i think i feel like i've gotten the village like most times after uh after the the black bridge and i don't i would say the same thing about the cemetery i actually i'm looking now i'm wondering if this is part of like dlc no i think this is just like regular I think this is like a regular level, but I feel like, again, I've barely been here at all. Yeah, these are like alternate pathways that probably haven't been explored. Um, Now this, this is probably, I don't know about the best stage, but it's one of my my favorite stages. And of course I'm talking about the Clock Tower, which any good Castlevania fan should be excited for. uh, Because it's, uh, you know, an iconic part of every Castlevania game when you get to the Clock Tower. Um, this is, this is pretty cool too. It's like, it's not quite as, as great as some of like the greatest Castlevania clock towers, but it's the same kind of idea where you have to scroll or you have to, you have to go all the way up to the tower, get the tower key. And then you finally unlock it's, it's, you know, what? to be honest with you, it's actually probably like not that wonderful, but like just the fact that it reminds me of Castlevania. I like. Please. All right. So fun fact that you might crucify me for. Okay. I've never played a Castlevania game. Oh, in my man. Life. I know I'm missing out 100%. I just never did. Well, let me I... let me tell you two things. Let me tell you two things. Okay. One, yeah, you're missing out. If you like Metroid, you definitely like Castlevania. But two, I intend one day to do the follow-up episode to this and do Castlevania, or do Dead Cells Return to Castlevania uninspired by Metroid, so... Maybe one day you and I will will come back and do that podcast episode. All right, yeah, I'll buy the DLC. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I love me some. And the DLC was like super highly rated too. It also got like a ten out of ten at IGN, which I want to talk about IGN really quickly uh, at the end of the show. Ooh, yes. uh, <laughs> I thought the clock tower is cool. It's where you fight the timekeeper. I don't remember, like. I don't remember any of these other rooms or uh, other places though. I think they must all be DLC. Sepulcher, sepulcher. Yeah. I've. You got me. I don't know. Um, yeah, this one, this one's DLC. You have to kill the giant at least once. High Peak Castle. Now this, this again is like an intense Castlevania level, and this is huge. Like, and this is where you really start to be like, man, like this, this would be a really great Metroidvania if they, you know, didn't randomly regenerate the map all the time. Because this one, you have to go and seek out like a bunch of different keys in order to, you know, in order to advance to the to the throne room. Um, so I, I quite like I quite like the stage a lot actually. Um, I don't. Do you remember the derelict distillery? I, I feel like I don't really remember that a whole lot. Oh, 
No, not off the top of my head. In this playthrough, I have not gotten this far yet. Hmm. So I have not been to these areas yet by myself. I vaguely remember, but also, you know, well, no, you can come here from the clock tower or the mausoleum. And if you have the Return of the Giant DLC, you can come through the Guardian's Haven. But Right. Um, oh. I do. I do oh, go ahead. Sorry. You know what? I, I totally, um, I totally got to this place for the first time last night, actually. This is... This is a level I was looking for. I just didn't remember what it was called. However, um, I want to say that this is... Uh, yeah, so this level, I actually think it's probably the best one that I've played so far. Now now it's coming back to me. This level is, like, is like again, super distinct because it has, like... it ha- You know in Metroid Dread, how you have those tumors on the wall that you can explode and, like, it'll create a little pathway for you? So yeah, I do. Those are everywhere in this level, and you've got all these, like, bouncing balls coming at you that explode, and when they hit you, they just, like, send you flying, and, like, six of them can hit you in a row, which just is brutal, um, but thank God for infinite checkpoints, right? Uh, I had a lot of fun. I had never played this until last night, when I finally beat the game for the first time using all my handicaps. I had a blast in this level, actually, so this this one was one that I wanted to shout out when we got here. This one, I thought, was was very, very fun. Uh, so I guess that's why I didn't remember it, uh, because I've only played it once, okay. and that was last night. Throne Room, <laughs> obviously, final level of the game, where you, uh, uh, you go through, and it's, it's ginormous, again. Um, so yeah, this is, a uh, again, straight out of Castlevania. Um, lots, lots and lots and lots of tough enemies in this one, boy. Oof. And then, um, I, you know, I got to another level yesterday that I had never, ever been to, and, uh... It, it was a weird level. It was called The Bank. And, and I'm reading right now. It's a special level which is based on and houses several unique interactions with gold. Uh, its entrance, you can... It, it randomly generates uh, once per run. And uh, I had never gotten there before last night. But it was kind of cool. Because, like, it almost seemed like there wasn't, like, that much of a point to it. But, like, you, you had to go through and get, like, a bunch of different colored keys to unlock your way through. And, like... There was at least like a character there that kind of was just like, "Hey, can you take care of these monsters for me?" In, in the bank, you could. There were multiple like ATMs that you could take out gold for, and I think that if you took out gold and didn't pay it back, you'd have to fight like a boss or something. I, I don't know, but like I got here last night and it was it was pretty cool. I'd never been there before, which is another great thing about this game where like you can play. Like I said, like I've played 15 hours of this game and I'm getting to stages that I've never seen before. So pretty cool. You think you're gonna keep playing after tonight? You know, you know, I might, I might do a run tonight, but after that, I'm not sure. I, I do intend to get Return to Castlevania though, because I, it's been so long since I've played a Castlevania game that, uh, that new Castlevania game that I got that itch. So I definitely want to check that out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have a what's your favorite level? Do you have a favorite level one that sticks about uh. or it sticks above the others? My favorite level so far that I've hit in this, I remember, I vaguely remember the High Peak Castle from watching uh, my roommate Richard play through it, but I love, <laughs> I love the Black Bridge, the area mm. where, I mean, that's just where you fight the, the concierge, but it's really cool. The whole environment is wonderful. Ramparts is kind of majestic, but it's not super difficult. I love, I love the prison depths and I love the, uh, what is it? We were talking about it, the Toxic Sewers. Mm. Toxic Sewers, it's really cool. It's got a creepy vibe. But um, I honestly, the Promenade of the Condemned is my favorite. I love the background. I love the kind of subliminal message that is 
you know, given to you every time you leave the prisoners' quarters because you're basically surrounded by those that have failed to escape. And they're kind of just hanging in the background. So it's really eerie. It kind of pumps you up to get further in the run so you don't end up like that, Mm -hmm. even though you can't die. So Promenade of the Condemned, Toxic Sewer is the top two for me. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think uh, I think Toxic Sewers. I actually I think both the areas that you listed probably would have been like really high on my list because I think they they look like awesome if you didn't have to run through them and they weren't like kind of at the beginning because eventually I'm just like yeah this is great but this is too much of a good thing so uh, yeah. Um, so really quick, really quick. So I kind of mentioned to you that there's a an IGN controversy when we were talking way back when. I cannot separate my thoughts. Uh, like, when I think of Dead Cells, one of the first things I think about is this whole IGN business. Do you, do you remember that? Um, I had no really knowledge of it because I wasn't super big into this game. I didn't really know of this until you had mentioned it earlier, and then I started kind of looking into it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when it comes to media content or, like, a book or, like, a shoot, an assignment in your class, if you plagiarize something, that's a big deal. And yeah. so, and the fact that IGN, this massive company that revu- reviews, reviews movies, video games, to be accused of plagiarism, that's huge. Oh, and they they weren't just it, accused; they did it. They did oh. it. So, so here's here's the backstory. So, um, so there was an editor called Philip uh, Musin or something like that, and this guy's like a huge slime ball. Sorry. Oh, so so yeah. Boom, broomstick, boomstick, boomstick gaming. So there's there's an editor at IGN called Philip Musin, and um, and he he posted a review for Dead Cells, which he gave it a ten out of ten. And uh, and this YouTube channel called Boomstick Gaming posted this long video that's like, uh, IGN copied my review. Like, what do I do? And um, he did like a like an hour plus breakdown of like frame by frame like sentence by sentence like it was barely copied enough like in and uh and so ign like obviously fired this guy immediately like his his career was was essentially destroyed and this oh. philip guy seemed like a huge slime ball uh because he was like i remember he was he said something like oh yeah like i i, I had to do it because uh, i was i was under too much pressure i had to just copy someone else's and he's like but you'll never find another example of me doing that so of course like like jason schreier who was at kotaku at the time dug in and like basically everything he'd ever written was plagiarized um so the dead cells review was the one that kind of broke that uh broke that into the open there so it was a huge huge like black mark for uh for ign i mean even though they fired the guy right away it was just like they couldn't have looked worse unfortunately um the 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 guy the guy made this youtube video where he was all crying it's just like just because i copied doesn't doesn't mean you should threaten my family and stuff which of course is true but like i don't think anybody was doing that but it was it was such a bad look for this guy who who monetized that video also by the way so i don't know every time i think of dead cells part of me thinks of this ign review that was plagiarized and copied because i remember it was like wildfire. It was like a huge controversy when it happened. So, uh, yeah. Dude, yikes. Talk yeah, big about yikes. Gaming blowing that whole guy's life wide open. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this guy hasn't written anything original since 
grade school. Yeah, dude. Like, so shout out to Boomstick yeah, Gaming, wherever you are, because I, I think, I hope that he got some. Uh, I hope he got some followers and, and stuff like that. Uh, his video comparing the two reviews is still live, by the way. It's called that time IGN copied my Dead Cells review. So check it out. Yeah, didn't they get like two point one million views or something like that? I don't know. I hope so. I hope we got a lot. I hope he made money from it because, uh, yeah, that sucks. I see this, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that always kind of reminds me of that. So I hope, I hope boomstick wherever you are, you're doing well. Um, you know, and it's worth mentioning too, that dead cells is like, like, like we've kind of touched about, um, during the, uh, the podcast here, this game has constantly, constantly like updated and, and given new material and new levels and new stuff for, for players to play a lot of it for free as uh, like some of it's paid DLC, but like a lot of these updates are for free. Um, so I feel like to, to go all the way back to bring this full circle, I feel like this is just like a really, really great game. Like it, the developers are first class. They've made it an exceptional roguelike game. I think they tied in Metroidvania about as well as they could. And I think there's a lot to like if you're a Metroid and, and very specifically a Castlevania fan. Me, I, I just like, I like it. I don't love it. I wanted to love it, but I never quite got there. Um, but it, it, it's a great game that I just, I don't love. So that, that's kind of uh, my, I, that's my review. I'm, I'm in agreement. I think that visually it's stunning. I think that gameplay is smooth. Customization is fantastic. I think every aspect of this game hits the nail on the head except for the lack of a decent story, which is my prime motivation for playing any video game except PGA 2K23, because there's obviously no story in golf. Right. So, well, I don't know, man. Live golf and PGA merging? That's a That could be a good story mode for next year's. I don't well, know. Well, I, I guess I guess the PGA career, like you going through the different yeah. tours, is your, I, your I understand what you're saying, yeah. Dead Cells is the best okay game ever. And the only reason I say it's okay is because it's lacking a solid story. But otherwise, it's super fun to play. And I'm uh, my fiance. Uh, yeah, I'm getting married in November. I'm super excited. Shout my out to you. Loves to sit down and watch me play games. I'm very blessed in that matter. And so when I started playing Dead Cells, she would sit there and watch. And of course, she would pick fun of me when I died. Mm-hmm. In, in truth, fiance. She probably uh, she's probably making fun of you a lot because I bet you if you're like me, you died a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like it got to it got it got to a point where whenever I would die, she would just kind of turn around and look at me with this cute little smirk on her face. So, and but that's fine, you know. I, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. I yeah, it's a great game that I don't love. That's a pretty pretty good way to summarize it. Yeah, and and I would have I have zero problem recommending it to to anybody. Like if you if you like roguelikes even a little. I think you're going to really enjoy Dead Cells. If you if you like the Souls games, I think you're going to really enjoy Dead Cells. I it, you know, if you I think like if you're if you're a classic Metroidvania and you don't enjoy those two things, I I, I think that you might struggle a little bit like we did, but I like I said, like I I think that this is this is about the best that you could have, have merged these two genres together. I I think this is the best possible outcome for that now is the best possible outcome enough well it you know it, it depends like again like like i i don't love it but i like it 
uh, there, there are times where I really like it, like where I'm getting like really into it. Um, so yeah, I, I would have no problem recommending it to to any Metroid fans listening to this. I would just say those few caveats there, like you know, I, I think you gotta like, I think you gotta like roguelikes a little bit. You gotta like Souls a little bit. You gotta be and you gotta go in accepting the fact that like there's not really much in in the way of a story. And I think if you're okay or at peace with all those things, I think you're gonna have a hell of a time with Dead Cells. Yeah, so there we go. A good time. It's definitely fun to kill time with, and eventually it's a blast once you get far enough in. And then it's good to take a break once you die. And you know what? There is no shame in turning on those handicaps, by God. the Die as many times as you want, do as much damage as you want, take as little damage as you want. That's what I did, and I had a great time last night. I wish I would have done it sooner, actually. So. Well, I'm probably going to go do that, just so I can blaze through all these areas. And yeah, there's no shame. No shame in that. So... Uh, <laughs> Zach, thank you for joining me and talking Dead Cells. I'm uh, I'm happy that someone on this planet other than me played this game and wanted to talk about it. So uh, thank you for coming on. Tell everybody where we can check you out. Yeah, man. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, so I am a member of Collateral Gaming. Uh, it's We call ourselves the only video game podcast that matters. <laughs> uh, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything in between in the world of gaming. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And we, we have a great time. We, we talk about... You know the best games and the worst games. I think one week we talk we talked about Tears of the Kingdom, and the next week we talked about like Beautiful Joe or something. So it just it just depends on what you're interested in. Um, Ash is a wonderful guy. Love working with him. We've been doing it for about three years now. So nice. And actually, fun fact for you, Andy. The um, I think our first conversation was about Metroid, um, either that or Zelda. It was one of the two greatest game series of all time. But uh, our first conversation was Metroid Prime Trilogy, and mm. we discussed the entirety of it, and so it was a great time. Beautiful. Yeah, um, it, it's it's awesome. We're Collateral Gaming. Come check us out anytime. Seriously, we'd love to have more people. Heck yeah! Um, there you go. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah that, and thanks for coming on. We're we're definitely going to do Dead Cells: Return to Castlevania one day, and uh, yeah, definitely definitely check out Collateral Gaming. Yeah, uh, I, I Beautiful Joe. That that's a blast from the past. Oh man. I haven't it, played that game in a hot minute. It's a lot of fun, but it's terrible. Is it? I remember, you know, I have to admit, I remember not liking it a whole lot back in the day. <laughs> because I, if, if you can believe this, I'm not very good at games that require combos and precision hits and stuff like that. Go figure, mm-hmm. right? So, um, Well, we also talked about Superman 64, and everybody knows how terrible that game was. But it's all right. I remember renting that game as a kid, and, uh, oh, baby. Uh, you know, I would love to play that again, actually. I really would. Woo! That's a story for another day. Okay, we are going to get out of here. Uh, Zach, thank you for coming on and uh, and hanging out with us. And, and, of course, to everyone listening, thank you. You can check out Dead Cells. It's on, like, literally every platform. Uh, you know, check it out. Great game. Um, with the caveats that we said. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, check us out over on Twitter. We are at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. And uh, you can check us out over on OmegaMetroid.com. We've got the latest maps, guides, news, you name it. It's there. we got theme songs. we got uh, we got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And we've got our Patreon going strong. The Great Metroid Area Ranking continues to roll. So uh, it's, almost, it's almost that time of month again where we're going to pick three other areas. So uh, consider checking it out. If you, if you got a couple extra bucks and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. Another great way to support the show, like, subscribe, recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. 
Um, yeah, just uh, you know, check out our YouTube page. Check out uh, check out Omega Metroid wherever you are on the internet. Uh, we're gonna be there. That, my friends, is gonna do it for us. Next week, we're gonna be back. Dak and Doom have put together a list of changes that they would like to see from Metroid Dread Story. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting into that. So until next week, everybody, take care.